Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everybody. Welcome to our third podcast of the data-driven supply chain. Um, we have a very interesting topic in discussion today. So what we're talking about today is the business risks of not automating the supply chain. And I want you all to take a moment and imagine an employee in your procurement team who completes all the work on time, never calls in sick, never asks for a raise or promotion, and rarely makes any mistakes. So that's the name of that employer. That employee is literally what automation um, can do for your business or what automation can do for procurement team. So yeah, uh, Yasin, what's your thoughts about um, how important is, I mean, I guess we all know it's important, but what do you see? Um, how do you see automation as a part of the procurement process? Yeah, so um, uh, I think it's 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 uh, um, I think there's there's no there's no way uh, it has no place in the future. I think it's just impossible. Um, and then what we're seeing right now, and what I'm seeing with like clients I'm meeting and stuff, and the, the story that they're telling me about how they're working. Um, I think it's just a byproduct of um, history, but if you see um, the thought leader into that space, and then if you see like what the actual um, uh, end user needs and what they, they they ask for, what they're asking for is automation, right? They're asking for like, hey, can I not duplicate the data all the time? Can I do this work in one click? Because I just want to automate the flow and stuff. Um, and it's like it's not like automating their job away. Um, that's not the, that's not the stuff. It's the automating the like the mind numbing type of task that just have you have to do over and over and over again because there's just no no flow to uh, uh, to do it. So um, in in my view, like uh, in in procur in supply chain in procurement in, in uh, more specifically, um, I think we'll see more and more uh, of this trend in the in the the near future, and um, I don't think it's gonna by choice i think at some point people um uh will require that i just saw uh, an interesting linkedin post by uh, daniel barnes shoot out a really cool guy on the, on linkedin and he said like if i was to go back in time i will never uh go into a procurement role um if there was no uh, software in place to help me out never um so i think that there's there's an interesting uh uh trend of idea pointing toward like uh more automation procurement. Yeah, definitely. So I guess if you talk to any any VP or any leader in procurement, I don't think anybody essentially says no to automation, right? Everybody's like, yes, 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 we want to do it. Um, so let's like take it step by step. First thing, um, what parts of your procurement or supply chain in the bigger picture should you automate? And a trick question is like, what parts should you not automate? Ah, that's good. That's good because I, I think this ties also up to um, when 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 thing crumble and doesn't work out, right? Uh, and I think when when like a AI project and uh, or like uh, uh, just automation project in general crumble is when um, people are trying to do too much at the same time, and then they touch a specific portion that like it shouldn't have touched. It was fine, right? And it would have been fine for the next like ten years or something. So. <clears throat> In procurement, um, like, uh, well, I think we'll discuss it a bit more afterward also, but the part that you should definitely touch is everything that is um, uh, uh, kind of mind-numbing and that can introduce errors. 
because there's a new intervention and then there's absolutely no value added. So for example, if you have to, uh, if you're receiving a screenshot from your project manager, right? That uh, say like, hey, can you get me this part with this guy? And then you have to type in what the hell is in the screenshot because you can't copy paste it into an Excel spreadsheet. Then you send this out to get a quote and then you get it back and then you enter it back to your system. This should not be doing, no one should be doing this, right? There should be a system in place so that the flow is already mapped out and it can just go. Um, that's one example. The part that I think you should never, um, and you should be wary of automating always, and it should act as a gate, is like um, a higher level order decision, right? If there's a decision that you need to make, right, which supplier should I go with, right? Or uh, which, um, um, I don't know, which, how, what's the split between the parts for this guy and this other guy? Uh, how should I set up my contract and stuff? Um, like higher level order um, thinking, keep it in the, in the human end, but like fix up the rest beforehand. At some point, maybe there's also like some aspect of this work that can be automated too. Let's say a supplier selection when you have like 200 of them and you can't like look at each of them because you don't know them personally. Of course, yes. But like at, at first, don't touch that part and just focus on uh, um, where the error lies and that those that are, are, are really costly. Yeah, and just one point I would add to that is like, it's always a good idea to do a bit of cost benefit analysis. So if you have some operation that you do automation for, let's you calculate how many times you do it. And literally you can go down to like, okay, this is how much I pay for this. And this is how much it cost me if I get a software. Um, I do that, but like one risk that always is there is it's very difficult to measure the value of avoiding human errors, right? You can do it, but it's like okay, yeah, it's 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 uh, it's still difficult to do it. But then for a business that is running, and if you want the business to sort of function um, uh, with discipline and zero errors and sort of like make it just make it seem natural of how this whole um, uh, process works. And it's imperative that like the like stuff the that you mentioned, drawings, drawings and all of that, that stuff, stuff you need to automate. Yeah, definitely. And like um, a, a really good way of uh, uh, checking like <laughs> if like how much the error will cost is you go to see who is doing it, like the, the, the manual stuff, and you just check out how stressed they are, right? If their stress level is like over the top, uh, let's say they are in aerospace, and if they mess up, the line will be stopped and then they will need to like uh, change plane and then they, they, you have literal plane that you can sell that are parked in the parking lot. Um, and you see like you, you, you see their stress level. That's uh, that's a good indication of, um, of, uh, of your ROI here uh, if it's difficult to quantify. Yeah, that's an that's an interesting point you raised. I guess um, I would like do a segue to another part of like, do you think that um, because procurement forks or purchasing folks or all of folks in supply chain in general have a lot of redundant work that they need to do. Maybe the cause of the high churn rate or high turnover that we see in procurement or like from this aspect, how do you how do you see that? Yeah, right now, um, I've looked at the stats and I've looked at the um, the um, some people in in, in that market. And um, it's in a booming demand, right? Um, people in procurement right now, like, are uh, are almost like the, what the software engineer were uh, in 2020. Everybody wants one right now, like, uh, or a data scientist. 
Um, so, uh, 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 from my point of view, the cost of doing an error and then like burning your people out because they're too stressed uh, now is too high in procurement. Um, it's too high to uh, to to uh, um, to not account for like their either their, their well-being or like the fact that their job is like completely uh, mind-numbing. I, I was doing like a, uh, a customer um, uh, uh, visit at some point, and um, the one person that was the in procurement over there, um, I could see that the meeting I was having with her was like the one thing that was too much. And she was like, I could feel her tenseness and her stress and the way that she was organizing everything in her mind. And like, I could see like her, her desk and stuff. Um, and the thing that she, that she was saying was that, I'm, I'm currently at like uh, more than 40 hours to get this thing rolling, right? Um, without any software and stuff. So I, what, what I feel here is that the market has shifted a bit, uh, like the, the labor market on this fair, and that um, now the cost of error both in the business sense and the human capital is a bit too high to not consider like uh, uh, at least just automatizing a bunch of stuff that is just like mind-numbing yeah it's, it's 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 interesting i think i was reading like a parable of it like uh if it's like if if you could take this digital work that procurement folks do of like all of this manual stuff and you want to like compare it to something it's kind of like in the old days when there was a guy who's putting coal in the thing so you know things are sort of like starting to move somebody's like there's some hamsters moving to create electricity for the facility it kind of like reminds you of those times and uh, specifically okay cool so this is uh, this is good um what are the what do you think are like some of the biggest risks that uh, that happen if you don't automate um what are some of like a few risks that you can think of um, that come as a result of resisting to automate or doing things the traditional way because we've always done it this way. Um, what happens? Yeah, there's risk in both ways. Like there's a risk of doing the implement the automation and whatever, and it's just a major mess up. And then people are like, okay, well, we just wasted our time. Let's go back to the thing, and now we're never gonna do this thing again, right? We're never <clears throat> going back to the automation route. So there's risk in both sides, but I think like right now the risk is too high and it's kind of everything that, that there need to be automated already have been done in other industries in other jobs and other aspect of like work life. So the, 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 the risk are high and, um, and the, 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 sorry, the, the risk of messing it up is uh, of error is high, but the risk of implementation is like almost literally uh, really near zero right right now. Um, the area that I think that um, um, are most costly, like uh, in terms of uh, of, uh, of risk, is like just errors in uh, your your operation. And then, uh, let's say let's say you're by accident sending the stuff to the the wrong person or not attaching the drawing and stuff. You just it, like you just trash the thing again for like three days, and then there's back and forth. People are confused on both sides. Let's say your suppliers and whatever. Um, and then you're just wasting time, right? You're just wasting time and you're stressing yourself up and you're always going to be doubting yourself again and again. I think this is one thing. The second aspect that is the most important right now, I think is like just burning your team out. Um, because if you're not supporting your team with like tools and stuff and you're just like, hey, just do that thing. Like you say, like you copy this and then you copy that and then you copy this and you copy that and you put it into DRP. 
a uh, hundred times this week, and we're going to do this again next week, and might double because we have more order. Um, that's a that's the best recipe for someone to just consider a career transition, right? Uh, at some point, uh, if this is the work that has to be done. And uh, disclaimer: no one like that. <laughs> no one like these tasks. Like, and absolutely no one in existing like the, these type of tasks, which are completely repetitive. Um, like uh, there needs to be some sort of creativity or decision that you need to be able to do um, to to have some sort of agency into your 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 work, right? Um, and I think this is where most people want to to get at some point. They're just like, okay, uh, I wanted to do this, and intact, this is done. Now I have to make some decision that pertain to my my skills. And procurement in, in specific, it's such a rich. Um, uh, a rich portion of the uh, of uh, of any companies, right? They they are the one deciding what goes in, and they are negotiating with with uh, people outside, right? Um, there's a lot of things more than just like doing those uh, mind-numbing, uh, dumb, uh, repetitive tasks. So that's the two main risk uh, uh, of not automating that I see. And I guess one I would add is like data collection and quality of the data that you that you generally have for having insights from those business processes this completely goes away when you are doing everything manually you have no idea like um i can i can i can i can remember again speaking to one of the one of the customers of like having to go back through all of the emails and all of the threads and then realizing hey i forgot to cc one of the guys that was supposed to make that decision and because the email thread did not have this person cc'd Apparently, nothing was approved. The requisition didn't go through. And then they find it out so much later into the cycle that even finding out what was the root of this whole problem takes time. And then time costs you costs you money. So yeah, definitely, that's that's part yeah. of the risk. And a, a story I have on this is like, one time I was visiting a business, and I was like, hey, but like with the, uh, I was presenting something that you can collect data and stuff and uh, have it centralized. Um, and I was saying like, right now, how do you collect your data? And then she's explaining her process is like every email ever has to go into that address. And then we have it on this address. And I was like, and then what you do with it? And like, oh, just in case, like audit and stuff, if we need to go back to it, but we have all the data. And I'm like, wow. So PDF, Excel, just raw, 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 data, raw email in this thing. Um, and they have they have an ERP system and, and and all all the jazz, but like because it has to they have to deal with people external and they have no time to update the ERP. What happened is just like they just dump everything constantly like uh, um, uh, into into that that that, that big messy bucket. And it's 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 like if you were to delete it or like put it over there, I will have the same impact I believe in terms of. Um, uh of your capacity to do uh, data analysis on it yeah 100 100 percent. okay let's let's get down to sort of the nitty-gritty of like which functions that you see within the supply chain definitely if you don't have these automated just go and get them automated today well, what functions would you like specifically go from like PO, RFQ, what, 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 in what, which departments do you think should be the first ones to be automated? Yeah, for sure. Um, so uh, if I had to, um, um, to, to check one out, like um, anything that connects 
your um, whatever is in your ERP system or request to the outside should have some sort of automation that like bring you to that point, right? So like uh, I'm, I'm working in this sphere, so I know, but like having a request for something and then being able to send to a bunch of supplier, it should be as simple as like, hey, we need that. And then the, he's our, here are the drawing and then the sketch file and whatever. And then like we like we need that by this date. And then you just have your bank of supply and you can just select and then send it out and then do the back and forth there. That should be automated. It's possible in 2022 to have this connected to ERP and not have to get a literal JPEG of the request, fetching it into the ERP, all the drawing, and then just like putting it to an Excel spreadsheet and figuring out who, which the supplier are, entering them one by one by email because you don't want to send the same email, and then sending them out. And every day you're gonna keep like looking at your inbox to see that you don't miss one, and then you put them back into your Excel, and then you 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 get the part and you put that to the ERP. That should not exist, I, I believe. This is the most critical one. And everything afterward, like the follow-ups, the these things should not like Please. you should have to uh, like you should not don't have even to, get started about follow-ups. Like Facebook solved this. Like uh, I don't have to follow up with someone when I send a message. Like I see it if they read it or not. Right. Same thing with like the the uh, LinkedIn or whatever. But for some reason, like in Parkham, and you have to send an email unless you're using like you have a word setup with like upspot and a CRM, and you can track if they open it or not. I mean, like, you have no idea. Like, maybe this isn't spam. Maybe it's, like, it's not there. Maybe, like, the guy's in vacation or, or whatnot. Uh, you should have visibility about, like, if, like, uh, if they, they interacted with this uh, digital asset so that you can know, okay, well, at least he, he read it. I know that I'm going to have something. But right now, most of the Procman folks that I know, they're in the, they, don't, they don't know. They're just going to do follow-up. Like, I, I, I don't respond. I'm gonna call him up, or he didn't respond to that. Leave a message and then just send an email again. I mean, that's a that's a recipe for like a, um, a, a good headache, like on a weekly basis. Yeah, definitely. I think that the whole vendor management aspect of uh, the procurement relationship. I mean, there's so many like uh, relationships that have gone sour because. Hey, I sent you the RFQ or I sent you the proposal. You never coded. You guys have become too good. And then you end up realizing that you put something wrong or put the wrong email or you forgot to add some person and something. So it's it's, it's definitely there. Um, uh, the, my, my, my take on this is like anything that has an approval process also should be automated. Like especially when you need to get like if it's, per, it's if it's a purchase requisition we know they're complex they require time there's hierarchical structure um the automation will not only cut down the time of the approval cycle but also remove a lot of redundant steps um enabling your team to essentially do more po's the same there was this survey recently happened like 43% of organizations were admitting that they have inadequacies or like problems in their PO practices, despite having a PO system and despite despite having systems, I feel like there is no resistance from companies in general to get systems and to get expensive tools to help them um, benefit from automation, uh, automations. But when you sort of go down to the process on the ground with the end user, you realize like there's a lot of, we got the most expensive ERP solution that was out there and we're using it, right? But despite that, you still have to open every file and take one 
one reading out of it, put it in my SharePoint, take a screenshot, send it to my boss through WhatsApp, and like all of this, this stuff also happening despite having state-of-the-art technology. So how do you see um, a follow-up question is like, why is this shit happening? We're like as a as a VP of procurement, I'm investing a million, two million, three million dollars into this PO software. Why is it just not magically solving um, all my problems and I'm still struggling um, with this? Exactly. And I think it, it all boils down to like um, trying to get that thing that does it all. I, this thing can do everything, right? It, it touched all of the uh, all of my points. But then when you get to the users and the the one that you actually use it like it doesn't it doesn't work with their use cases so their 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 mindset will be like okay i see this this software let's say that you 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 bought super expensive it absolutely doesn't work for my key use case so thank you very much i'm going to go back to my half baked excel spreadsheet and then we're going to work with this and whenever you're going to ask me to put it there i will begrudgingly go back and put the data in it and it will just be a drag, right? Um, and that's a big issue. It's because the softwares are not, like if you build it for anybody, um, most of the time you're building it for no one really, right? So that's that's the that's the issue. Like enterprise completely white software, um, uh, I, I don't think that this, there's the solution. I think like very specific software that like, kind of integrate with the rest and that shows uh, a direct value to the end user actually using the thing this is what's needed, um, and if we can, th if we think procurement um, software uh, as an example, this one is a tricky one, right? Because there's like three set of customers or like customers users that you have to satisfy, right? You have to satisfy the manager of procurement because at the end of the day, they want to be able to collect information and then make some kind of decision, right? And then you have the actual procurement professional doing the stuff, right? And the software need to be um, usable in such a way that they will not bypass it. Because as soon as they bypass it and they don't use it uh, for whatever reason, um, well, you don't collect the data, so the manager is pissed off, right? And then you have the suppliers, right? In some, in some sort of way, they have to interact with it, we, either indirectly or directly, but you have to set it up so that uh, everybody in the ecosystem um, is, is, uh, is, uh, is involved in, in uh, find delightfulness and enjoyment from from the experience and if this is not happening um you don't have a good procurement software right uh, and i think this is um uh, this uh is kind of abstracted in most things that are um out there like the most expensive like erp module and, and and whatnot um because that's a hard problem to solve and you need to be really focused on it in order to solve it properly cool so i guess uh in conclusion, what would be your parting advice to somebody who listened to this? They went and checked out their solution and they're like, okay, clearly there's a lot of manual stuff going going on. Um, yeah, what would be your piece of advice of like how to choose the right procurement slash automation tool and how to know that it's working well? What, what are some of the things um, that should, they should look at? Definitely. So my advice here, right, is first off, do an inventory about where your time is spent, right? And uh, look at your job description and look at the rest that you're not absolutely not doing, right? They, they, were, they, they told you that you will be doing this, right? And make the case for that. Right? That's the first thing. If like most of your time is spent on like the nitty gritty, like uh, uh, manual thing, 
and it's a big portion, that's a big waste, right? And and look at your 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 aspiration and stuff, and what you actually want to do, and the all of the rest that you are not doing. Because if you're in your procurement right now and you're doing manual stuff that is just continuously the same thing over and over, you're not doing the full of of uh, of procurement. And it's kind of a disservice to the company, right? So there's the problem in both sides because the company sets you up so that you only do this small, small uh, pool of stuff, but it will benefit from you doing like the more um, higher level uh, type of stuff. So this is the first thing. And then look at some vendor out there, right? Look at some vendor and then figure out if however this thing is set up will help reduce that load. If the answer is no, you don't, you don't need to push uh, and then just try it out and whatever. Like literally, look, is this thing going to solve like this, the, the gunky part, or are they trying to sell me on the thing that I'm not even doing right now, right? And that's that's the process I would follow. And then as soon as you find one, you this is an easy case to make for management. You take this software and you take this thing that you, that uh, the, the this tally that you set up, and you're like, look, I find a way for me and other people to do less of this, which will be beneficial for everybody, and for me to do more of that. Um, or <laughs> as soon as you find a software, find another company that is doing that is using it, and then you're <laughs> you're good to go. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Just one last uh, piece of advice I would add to that is make sure you connect it to your central system. That is super important because if you have to do the work twice and there's no integration or something that can happen between your e-procurement tool and your ERP solution, then this is going to be uh, a problem. And like, I, I, I guess what you said earlier, like when you get an ERP, don't expect everything's going to get automated. It's going to get much worse in the start. And then eventually, if it's a good ERP, you'll be able to start to reap the benefits. But procurement as a function, especially when it comes to vendor management, is separate from your ERP. ERP is a good tool for you to manage your internal operations, but when it comes to somebody on the outside, look for a cloud solution or something that works more um, more user friendly and has is 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 adaptable on that side. Um, and and I, I guess the last thing, analytics and data, you need to keep looking at. Okay, like what you said, right? Like um, how much time are we actually saving? We brought this million dollar investment did it really was it really worth it at the end and did it uh, increase um, our efficiency or not this if you don't have good analytics in place about whatever automation you're doing you'll have no idea um, um, if the automation actually helped you or made it worse cool all right um, so yeah I guess those are all of the all of the stuff I wanted to ask I don't know if you want to add anything yes in towards the end. I had a comment, but I completely forgot it. Um, yeah, so absolutely no. That you you said it out. Do that. Do the thing that Ahmed said. Cool, cool, cool. All right, guys. Uh, so yeah, thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. Um, make sure to hit subscribe and keep sharing your comments about what would you like uh, to hear next or the topic that you would like us to research and discuss next on. Um, yeah, and wish you all a wonderful rest of your day, evening, and a great week ahead.